Patriots, and it's the end of Sunday. See, I'm on the East Coast now. I can hardly say this because officially I'm in Monday, but it's the end of Sunday, September twenty, or September eighteenth, twenty nine, twenty twenty three. Can't even think today. It's awesome. It's been an awesome day, though. I'm telling you right now, it's a day truly when a huge breakthrough is made. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And if you haven't seen the pictures floating around social media, you should. The tease is up. Coffee with Jesus is more than just words. Trust me, we're back. We're in business, and you're going to discover the greatness of what's about ready to break here really soon. So it's good stuff. You're going to be brewing lots of coffee here soon. It's awesome. All right, Patriots, before we get going tonight, you know, as well as I know, that there's a lot of things out here that are getting people uneasy. And it doesn't matter whether you're on social media or even if you turn on the news, whether it's even Patriot news, all we see is crime and the constant decay of our cities and society. There's a lot of people that just run out and buy a gun, and then they sit, it sits in the safe. If it's there, if there's ever an emergency, there's not even going to be preparedness to use it, and they run the risk of actually hurting themselves. That's something we want to do. There's no way around it. You need to train, and you need to train often with your firearm. That's a given, and it should be actually mandatory. 
Unfortunately, it's time-consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one near you, and ammo prices are there and going through the roof. iTarget was invented so you can practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app, load your caliber-specific laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to itargetpro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use your offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Yes, that's the famous code. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regime. I do that myself. Get your get yours today. That's the letter T or I, the letter T as in Target, but we want iTarget, so it's the letter I, targetpro.com. iTargetpro.com. Use your offer code BARDS, and you're going to be on your way to the races, which is pretty cool. All right, so it's been a wild day, and it's been a wild last few days as I've been brought here to Boone, North Carolina, which is the next step then is Flemingsburg, Kentucky, which will happen on Tuesday. But why did I come here? And we all know why I came here, because I came here to learn how to roast coffee, which I have. I've learned how to roast coffee. But that was just like the little thing. In the last few days, I've been able to work closely with Don Cox, who is truly, in my opinion, one of the finest coffee roasters, definitely in the country, if not in the world. But there's something unique about Don that's different. And that's his vision of what he is drives him. And ultimately, his vision is everything he does is for kingdom. And I'm going to tell you, try to find a coffee roaster that does that in the country, and you're going to be down to a handful, if, if not one. Don is brilliant at what he does. He's been doing this for years. I've had the opportunity to literally work and train with him and one of his protégés. And we've also accomplished something massive. And that is we've created a Bard's Blend. Yep, that's the news, and it's coming big, and you're gonna, it's going to be introduced at Bards Fest, and it's going to be available in about 30 days, and it's going to be available for purchase, and it's going to be awesome. I'm telling you, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm a coffee snob, but it's more than that for me because it's truly an experience when you drink coffee that's more than just consuming some black swill. If you want to do that, you can go to a truck stop, and there's plenty of those around. Coffee's an experience, and it's delicate in its flavors. It is something that we all look forward to. If you like coffee, you look forward to in the morning. And it's something that if we take time, we start to really appreciate the greater nuances of what's there. What I had an experience for this week, this last few days in working with Don, was something even greater than that. This is a man who articulates the beauty of the perfection in the coffee roasting and the coffee tasting process in biblical terms. And there's a lot to say there. And it's really been inspiring to be here with somebody with as much passion as that. And I, I live with passion, I walk with passion in what I do. And he's put all of his passion into coffee and to the, serving the kingdom. So it's an, exciting, it's an exciting development, it really is. And we'll talk more about it as we get a little bit closer to the launch, but I'm gonna tell you, this has been a dream of mine for a long time not only to learn to roast, but to be able to have something that I'm very proud to say, this is a Bard's Blend. This isn't hiring some goofball white label roaster just to put some 
dark roast in a bag and call it and put your brand name on it. This was a process of us literally tasting, selecting, and blending a couple of beans to create what all of us there that were there, which was Don, myself, and Sean, his protege, and literally creating something that we could hang our hat on and say this was outstanding. And not just outstanding in a cup of coffee, outstanding in every single way we could make it, whether it was a, a pour-through, whether it was an espresso, and that says a lot. And it's just it's something I'm really proud of. And the best part about it is that uh, I had an opportunity today to roast it as well and um, was able to work on a couple different cool machines, one of which I'll eventually be acquiring for what we're going to create as a tasting and training room initially over on the West Coast. And we're going to have Don and his team roast the coffee for us. But it's exciting. And it's, it's, a, it's a really special piece here to bring into the culture of Bars Nation. Someone asked me, is it strong? That depends on how you make it. It's a medium roast coffee. It's not a dark roast. This is a coffee, the principle of roasting coffee. It's a coffee that is roasted to the perfection of the bean. And that created a very, very wonderful flavored coffee that is, gives great flavor just about any way you want. So if you make it an espresso, yeah, it can be as strong as you want. But it's a, it's a coffee that has, is probably one of the most universally applied coffees I've ever had. And it's, it's just amazing. So super excited about that. Um, you can look forward to that coming and coming soon. And it'll be available for the holidays. And that's going to be great. You can serve your Bard's Blend for holidays. It's going to be really awesome. And... It is a specialty coffee, so it doesn't fat fit into your areas of run-of-the-mill. It's, like I said, it's a hand-selected uh, coffee from a, a grower in, in Central America. So, I mean, it's, it, there's a lot of thought that went to this, and there's a lot of time that we spent over the last few days working together, getting to know each other, and really getting to walk into this place. And I'm going to tell you, the entire experience was all Holy Spirit-driven. I mean, God put us together here for a reason. And it's something that I, I'm, this whole trip has been that way. From starting late to every, every encounter I've had has been truly right there. And I think that just is where we have to start getting to more and more is trusting in the Lord in such a phenomenal way that even when our steps cannot be seen where we're going, we know that he'll place our steps where we need to be. And so much of that is in a time that we live right now when there's so much craziness coming from the enemy. The Lord's not going to reveal his plans, but he's going to lead us where he needs us to be so that we can build the connections and do the greater things for kingdom. There's a whole bunch to this story that will continue to unravel as we go forward or unfold. But needless to say, this is a really cool weekend to finish the weekend with the experience of roasting and knowing that we came together Two different minds, three minds actually came together to create a blend that literally carries now a brand of bards on it, and it's it it speaks that way, and that's pretty cool. I'm just gonna say that right there. That's that's more than anything I expected to do out of the weekend, and something I'm excited to bring to Bards Nation, and I think you're all gonna love it. So it's coming very soon. So be ready for that. And it's it's something pretty exciting. And one other thing about our sponsor, one of our sponsors is. My Patriot Supply, it's important to have a great 
emergency food system. And we are in a crazy time, obviously. We are dealing with psychopaths in this world that truly love to put things on its head. We're dealing with people that truly believe in using food as a weapon system and creating disasters that even separate us from our home and cause us to face crises where we have to we have to bug out or leave in a quick hurry. You want to be able to have food resources available to you when that happens. You want to be able to confront these crises prepared. And especially in a world that's so unknown, you want to have the what you need to endure those difficult times. Emergency food is an investment, and it's an insurance policy, and it's one of those things that everybody needs to have. So if you head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, you're going to find the three-month emergency food kits that are discounted currently for $200 by $200 each. You should be picking one up for every member of your family, and that is truly the best insurance you can have right now. We just don't know what's going to happen. And we look around the world and see what has been going on with Lahaina and other places. It's a reality we have to face. We're dealing with psychopaths. And these psychopaths have it in their intent to bring bring the world to its knees. And they're going to use food as a system. And so don't be caught short. Head on over to My Patriot Supply. Better yet, use preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. And you'll find the three-month emergency food kits on sale for $200 off. Great deal. Great value. Uh, Just get one for every member of your family and be prepared. Check it out today. All right. I want to, we haven't talked about Lahaina. We've got a few things. It's kind of a roundup today of a few things. I have not talked about Lahaina. Before we get going, though, tonight, um, We've got a couple of prayers that I want to touch on. Um, obviously, one of those prayers is Lahaina. And we're going to do that after we listen to a piece on Lahaina. But there is something else I want to share, and this is really tragic. And um, I'm just asking that we pray on this. So there's um, this came to me from a friend of mine, um, Special Forces buddy who actually, he'll be at Mars Fest. Hopefully you all get to meet him. But this is a friend of his. And um, this this is a guy that was a former Army Ranger. And what happened is two days ago, his five-year-old son was attacked by a pit bull. And it tore the young boy's face. And it tore it pretty badly. I've seen the photos. Uh, he was taken to the hospital and... Unfortunately, they were able to get a good plastic surgeon to repair the face with over 100 stitches. And so he will be fine, but the young man is scared. Now, the friend here that was a former ranger has been having a hard time seeing this happen to his son, which is understandable, and just really tormented with the thoughts of what could have happened. And but fortunately didn't. So we've been asked to pray for healing and the strength of mom and dad. That uh, to pray that dad is free from the burden of what could ha- of what could have happened. Those images are like that are tormenting, and these are just good people. And it's really a sad story. I'm um, so if you join me, let's pray. Father, we come to you here today and just pray for this young man 
this young boy, five years old, who has been viciously attacked by a pit bull that tore the side of his face with a hundred stitches. So, Father, we begin by just the blessing of thanks for this young man being safe. He hasn't lost his vision. He hasn't lost the use of anything, but he does have a scar. And sadly, those scars can run deep, especially for a young boy. Traumatic, and that's the sort of time when young young boys can become vulnerable to the influences of the demonic and equally become vulnerable to just retracting from society, being afraid of what's around. So, Father, we're praying for a miraculous healing. And Jesus, we're just asking you to be present with this young man, to place your hands upon him, to show your face to him, to unburden him from the fears that this animal put upon him, to strip that away and to lift him up and to raise him high in the mightiness of kingdom, to give him strength and glory, to give him the strength to overcome and to truly be a young man fearless in this world, anchored in the root of Jesus. And Lord, we also pray for the father and mother, just these are difficult times to watch a child having to have gone through this. There's a lot of mixed feelings on this across many domains. And so, Father, we pray for the healing of their heart, the un, the releasing of those burdens of the what ifs and what if it had happened, the unknowns that didn't happen. But those are the things that haunt us. And just the restoration of that joy in the heart of their young son to see past where where these scars are now and to raise up to know that what just happened will make you stronger and to bring this family closer together to heal them and bless them with the holy spirit and to raise them up in this hour to be mightier than in the evil that was thrust at them let the heart of the ranger settle in, in the, to be the heart of the family in christ jesus name amen I need to say this because it's an important announcement and I'll be putting it out all week. We have a fairly liberal animal policy, dog policy, which I changed recently regarding Bart's Fest because there is a lot of camping. The first thing to make very clear is if you're bringing a dog, it is to be under your control at all times. But there's another thing I am putting out as of right now. And this may offend you and I'm sorry, but no pit bulls allowed. None. That animal is not an animal. I know I hear this all the time. I have a pit bull. It's wonderful with kids. That's fine. But the problem with pit bulls is when they go red and they get crazy, there's no stopping the violence that they'll do. And they're powerful animals. I do not want nor will I have that liability at Bard's Fest. So all dogs under leash and under control of their owners at all times, if you have a dog there, under absolutely no circumstances will pit bulls be allowed. And if there is one there, you'll be asked to leave. That's just the bottom line. I'm sorry if that offends you, but I will not have it any other way. This was just a reminder today. Um, It it was just a reminder today with this young boy, five years old, which I already, and you know my opinion on on that dog breed, and I know it. I have upset a lot of people with my comment because I cannot stand pit bulls. I, I love dogs, passionately love dogs. That is one breed that I could see eliminated in its entire root and bloodline, and I would never shed a tear. And it's because of two things. It's been poorly handled and trained by owners, and, it's, and it is a breed that has a violent streak in, in its genetics that truly can cause a problem. And when they go red around children, we see the damage. 
So again, we have a pretty liberal dog policy. Dogs have to be under your control at all time if you're bringing them. I do not want them around the kids area. You have to keep them in your camp area and keep them under your control. Dogs that are barking all the time or causing problems are going to be asked to restrain the dog or leave. And there's to be no dog fights whatsoever. That means dogs are under owner's control. And again, under absolutely no circumstances are there to be pit bulls at this event. So we're taking a new step forward and doing a lot of trust here because it is a camping style event and I get it. And that goes back to we could be liberal and we could say you can't have any of it and we're going to take it all away and that sort of thing. We're not doing that. It's an opportunity now for people to stand up and be responsible as we live that way, but we be respectful for other people's concerns and fears, especially for their kids. So be a good owner if you're bringing your dog. And don't be one of those that says, well, my dog's fine and expect everybody to agree with you. Be responsible as an owner. That's the bottom line. Okay. We are in a um, moment here in time when there is a lot of lot going on. And this is a big week. And there's a lot of things happening this week as we start to roll into Bards Fest. One thing I just want to remind everybody is keep in prayer. There is... This is a big event. We've had a lot of things happening on the small scale of people being ambushed, if you will, by events that seem randomly impossible that would kind of translate to demonic attacks. The devil knows exactly what's going on here. There's no joke about it. He knows what we're bringing people together to do, to bless them with the Holy Spirit and to raise the power of the saints and the work of the ministry. That does not set well with the enemy, and it makes me... Very happy that the enemy's unhappy with us. But that also means that everybody needs to be vigilant. So be vigilant. Be in prayer. Pray for each other. Keep that hedge of protection and prayers for the hedge of protection around Bards Fest and all of those traveling and being there. Anxious to see as many of you there as possible, which will be a truly wonderful, wonderful experience. Now, we haven't talked about Lahaina for obviously much of the week because I've been traveling, but I want to play a piece tonight on Lahaina. This is another Greg Reese piece, and this has got some teeth, so take a listen. Steve Favis is an expert in computer science and advanced robotics. He has been researching the Maui fires and has compiled evidence that the technology exists to have started these fires from a satellite in Earth orbit. He has also confirmed that the CCP had satellites capable of doing so above Maui at the time of the fires. His work has been published on his website, stevefavis.com, and includes everything you need to recreate these findings. The most efficient way to ignite a fire on the surface from a satellite in Earth orbit would be to paint the target in segments by pulsing the laser with an advanced targeting system. To see if this were possible, Favis calculated what it would require to create a meter-wide, mile-long fire. Fired from a satellite, the Earth's atmosphere will absorb and scatter some of the laser energy. And so the laser would need to be in a wavelength range that minimizes this. The most effective wavelength would be in the near-infrared range, which would allow better transmission through the atmosphere. The near-infrared range would be invisible to the naked eye and would also have a minimal reaction with objects colored blue on the Earth's surface. 
The power of the laser would need to be in the hundreds of kilowatts range. And so Favis based his calculations on a 10 megawatt laser firing from Earth orbit. Assuming that the atmospheric loss amounts to 50% of the overall power and only five megawatts reaches the surface as a one square meter beam, it would ignite a fire almost instantly. If this five megawatt beam was pulsed across a one meter by one mile long area in segments, then the time to ignite the entire area would be roughly 2.7 minutes. And it would only take approximately 8.8 seconds to melt an aluminum alloy wheel. The amount of energy required to pulse a 10 megawatt laser for 2.7 minutes would require approximately 3,220 capacitors, which would amount to about 32,200 kilograms in weight. Using MetLab software and plugging in public data provided from NORAD, he found that satellites launched and monitored by the CCP were directly above the Maui fires at the time of ignition. The CCP's most powerful rocket, the March 5, can launch up to 48,500 kilograms of payload, which is more than enough to carry the required payload in Favis's calculations. But Favis has found that the CCP has much more powerful lasers deployed already. He has calculated that the CCP has up to 70 gigawatt lasers in Earth orbit right now. That's at least 100 times more powerful than what he factored into these calculations. Adjusting NORAD's Default Coordinated Universal Time, or UTC, to the local time zones, Favis found the following. The Olinda fire was ignited at approximately 10.47 p.m on August 7th. At this exact time, CCP satellite labeled NORAD 53299 was directly over the location. The Lahaina fire was ignited at approximately 6.37 a.m. on August 8th. At this exact time, CCP satellite labeled NORAD 55836 was directly over the location. The Kula fire was ignited at approximately 11.30 a.m. on August 8th. At this exact time, CCP satellite labeled NORAD 53299 was directly over the location. The so-called deep state does not want you to know that deadly lasers of mass destruction are freely traveling above us. And you can check this all for yourself at stevefavis.com where he provides the source code and has developed a specific software program that you can download and check for these satellites yourself. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Well, Patriots, you can see that Lahaina is continuing to unravel as the time has been given to start revealing the true nature of the attack. There's still over, I believe this number is now close to 1,900 children that are missing, and they're downgrading the numbers of dead to a sub-100, which we know is a lie. This thing is a complete, was a vicious attack on American sovereignty and innocence, innocence all over the place. Now, we're using the term the CCP, and I think it's important to understand that the way this 
global cabal works is they hide behind national titles. The FBI, the CIA, the CCP, the Vatican, the Bank of London, the City of London, the City of District of Columbia in, a, in Washington, D.C., all of these places and more are little more than covers for the operations of people that are corrupt, a corrupt criminal cabal that truly hates humanity. And it's truly the heart of evil of this world. These sorts of actions like this have a tendency and can have a tendency to put people in a state of fear. What can you do about it? And this, the whole point is we can do everything about it. Because these are wars, warfare now that we're waging in a spiritual plane that we have to wage decisively to disrupt these technologies. We have to pray into this and use the powers of the tools of heaven and the powers of the spirit to break down these fortresses and to truly shatter these technologies that they're trying to use against humanity. It's important that we keep that mindset because frankly, the challenge we have, unfortunately, around the world is too many people have become afraid and fearful that there is no recourse to what we can do. And that's wrong. We're truly in a situation right now where we are stepping in or we're stepping away, one of the two, either more into our authorities or stepping away, not believing that our authorities work. And sadly, a lot of what that remains is a place where people are looking for witness and testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of prayer. One of the great things about our Sunday morning prayer healing is the testimonies we get profound testimonies of healing. Now, just so I highlighted, if you're not attending the prayer morning, which is now Sunday morning at 6 a.m., today was a little earlier, but typically it's Sunday morning at 6 a.m. I'm telling you, you're missing out on something truly profound. And what we share in those moments, it's about a three-hour session of praying for others and the power that we can bring through prayer to heal, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to do greater works, all of that, step on snakes and scorpions, authority over dominion over all evil. That's a very real aspect to what we do. And it's a compliment to all those that are there as we truly wage a powerful level of, of spiritual warfare and prove every week that we are winning. And so it should be no hesitation when we start talking about these technologies that we can disrupt these and that we can break these and we can cast these out because truly it's, it's something much different and it's because our power and authorities as a child are great someone just said to me it's 9 a.m now buddy well it's because i'm on the east coast it doesn't change the fact that there's still a 6 a.m west coast and i'm going to be living there still live there i'll be back there on the 10th of october so buddy i'm going to be back there soon and that this is a temporary stay over on the east coast pretty good though our chat's awesome. If you're not in chat, you need to get in chat. Seriously. It's like there's so much fun going on here. Way too much fun, I think. But it's good. What a great group of people. And what a great, what a blessed fellowship we have. It's truly great. So I want to pray for Lahaina. And I want to pray not just for the truth, but to breaking the strongholds and to casting out this technology and to disrupting it at all costs. So let's do that. Father God, we just want to come to you this evening and declaring our authorities that were given to us by Jesus and, and equally by you. As we now step into this place to declare that the technologies that are being used 
to wage war against humanity, technologies of directed energy, technologies of surveillance. Father, we're, we're, we're just binding them and we're shattering them and we're disrupting them so that they cease to function well or at all and that they are no longer capable of harming humanity. Father, we deal in a darkness in technology in this realm because these are tools that we should never have as humans. We're not capable of managing that level of power and that level of control. And sadly, we continue to build them as humanity. And much of this is done in secret so that we as humanity don't even know the tools being built to submit, force us to submit. So, Father, we, we are actually we're praying tonight for the disruption and destruction of these technologies that sit in the skies above us shaking them out of the air, having their technologies go dark or black, and never again being allowed to harm humanity as they have. So, Father, we equally pray for Lahaina and all of, all of the island of Maui that continues to endure this very difficult time as resources and reporting and all of these things are continue to be an issue. And even getting good reports out of there continues to be hindered by authorities that don't want the truth being told. So, Father, we pray for the people of Lahaina. We pray for the, the warming of their hearts. We will pray for the resources they need, whatever that is, for them to survive and sustain. And, Father, we pray for the restoration of the land, to truly raise this land from the dead and to bring in the beauty and the glory of that that lives in kingdom, the grasses, the trees, and to restore that, that land, to remove the scar and to truly raise it up in the glory of kingdom. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. And so it is scars that we're going to close on tonight. And the first talk goes back to that young five-year-old boy. He'll have a good plastic surgeon, but for the rest of his life, he'll have a scar. And the question is, how will he deal with that? Not something we know, but it's a question I'm putting out there. Much of that will depend on his parents and giving him strength and also his relationship in Christ. We all have scars. They come from our walk in life, some more extreme than others, but we all have scars. And it's our process really over time that we have to find our way to overcome those scars because the scars can take on a story that's greater than us. That young child a five years old that has a scar on his face. That's a massive trauma in his life. It's going to be difficult for him to trust in certain areas. There's going to be fears and memories of that attack. It's a vicious attack. It's by an animal that likely, since he's five, would probably be fairly sizably matched up to him. But we all have fears, and we all have these things, and they come from scars that we have over our life. And yet we're told not to have any. I can explain that child and, and I can understand it completely because that was an attack that must have been vicious as an animal grab hold, grabs hold of your face and tears it. But on the other hand, we also know that Jesus heals. And then as we dig deeper into Christ, we're released from that burden of fear and the echoes and memories of a past. My past is my past. I have many things that carry that have carried the weight of scars. But when God called me and broke me and rebuilt me, I had to cross those scars and decide what to do with them. 
I had to make a decision of whether I was going to let them anchor me or whether I was going to be freed. Each step, each fight was a big one. And over time, those strongholds that were within me began to break. The enemy's fortresses that had set camp up within me by leveraging those scars and leveraging those, those, the power of control over me was broken. And little by little, I was freed into the body of Christ. Each one of us has to do that in our life. It's not something we look forward to doing. It's just something we must do. And it's a process of us going through and repenting. It's a process of us going through and seeking healing. It's a process of us sometimes having to sit with others to have conversations to unhook or to set free things that are burdening us down. Most of all, scars are removed by the truth of the heart. Being honest with ourselves and then opening that heart up to the love in Christ that can truly take away our pain and limit the damage of those memories so that we can start to rise again and grow. Scarring is one of those things that we have a lot of and one of the deepest scars in our nation, I would say two of the deepest scars in our nation, is the failure of marriages and the rise of porn. Both of these we're gonna be discussing and covering in Bart's Fest in many different forms. But the minute that the family was attacked and divorces went on the rise, the access to the children increased. And as the access to the children increased by the enemy, there is a direct parallel rise in the consumption of pornography. These two are darkly related. And it's all driven, unfortunately, by a scar of a nation that has yet to be healed. We talk a lot about doing things in terms of rescuing kids and there's a lot of action hero stuff going on out there with the kicking in of doors and recovering. And it's not that it's not important. But the problem is that it's not going to change our nation until we rid ourselves of the scars that we've riddled ourselves with to allow ourselves to now seek repentance as a nation and to see the restoration in our nation of the morality and the love in Christ. That's a mission that each one of us can take on every day. It's a challenge but it's one that must be done. And each and every day we can be working with our neighbors, with our friends, our families, so that we can become overcomers in the terms of scars, be healed, be humbled, seek repentance as a nation, and to rise up and to be mighty. But it's not gonna come by sitting another president in the seat of the White House by himself. It's not gonna come by the promises of technologies, which all have a dark side to them. Rather, it's going to come from the hearts of we the people. The hearts of we the people that have the courage to go before God and say, God, this is what I've done. And this is a pretty, very, very important point. We have to have the courage to sit before God and to speak truth. And if we have the courage to do so before the throne, there should be nothing hindering us from speaking that truth into the world we are today. Ultimately, those two are deeply related. And in order for our nation to heal and to rid ourselves of the scars, it's just like that little boy. We're going to need to work with one another as the parents will work with him. We're going to need love. He's going to need a lot. And we're going to have to ultimately find the courage in ourselves to stand boldly in the gap and overcome these challenges that the enemy has put before us. The enemy's vicious. The enemy knows no limit. The enemy knows no rules. Only one objective, to separate us from God tear us down our relationship in Christ 
and ultimately c control the high ground that we used to occupy. So pray on scars to release them, to heal them, to raise a nation up. And may we bring that into this week as we face the many challenges of the nation. But let us find the paths forward here as we go forward in prayer and in action that can lead, not follow. Reject the idea of failure and raise this nation up again in the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, come to you tonight very humbled and blessed. Just weight that's heavy tonight on scars, scars of a nation, scars physically and emotionally. And so, Father, we're praying now for the healing of a nation. We're praying for the awakening of a nation, and we're praying for that in a place that's going to happen, which is Flemingsburg. We're praying for the assembly of the hearts of Christ, both online and in face, to raise up prayers, to shake the roots, to tear down the dead stone walls and to reveal to the world the true heart of a nation that has been scarred and its ability to heal, to repent, and to overcome. So, Father, we pray for this in this hour of our nation that the hearts of the many can start to rise, to understand that the sins that we have done can be forgiven, for that was accomplished with the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus on the cross. And as we raise this nation up in prayer, let it repent as a nation. Let the fellowship in Bard's nation lead that nation in repentance. As we come now to you with an open and clean heart, a restored heart, to continue that quest once again. Guide us, protect us, bless us. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Well, Patriots, big week ahead. Lots of great and exciting things. And also, coffee's coming soon, so you won't, won't want to miss out on that. I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Remember, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
chasing mountains I can't climb. Holding out for heroes in the night. I find myself here in the dark. We learn to fight and learn who we are. But I am raised up to face the stars full of light. And we are one. Out of my mind, like a dark in the distance. Wild. We are wild. Standing at the edge of a great sea. Sometimes it takes all you get. Too bad.